the fire. I want to say loud and clear, the 50-50 concept that's floating around today, (laughs) it's complete and utter fallacy. I mean, it's sheer nonsense. It doesn't work. Two uniting as one, the way scripture states, with a husband as the head of the household provides the more stable, long-lasting, more fulfilling relationship for everybody. Choosing a partner is about more than chemistry, okay? This type of uh, relationship invites a partnership where the woman will feel safe, she can feel valued, secure, and loved, and in turn, she will respect her husband and trust him to take care of her and the children when things get bumpy. The groom, the husband, represents Christ. Welcome to Through the Fire. Cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello. Welcome to Through the Fire, where we face what's going on in our culture empowered with wisdom and courage that comes from the knowledge that God is always in charge and His Word is sufficient to prepare us to deal with the challenges of the day, prepared, forewarned, and forearmed to engage all things from moral, biblical perspectives. I like that. I like that again, prepared, forewarned, and forearmed. Absolutely. You were looking at my forearms when I actually (laughs) said that. Well, you're always boxing (laughs) when that music's going on. (laughs) You're always boxing. (laughs) Ready to get in the fight. Yeah. So recently, you and I have been celebrating the Burniversary. The Burniversary. Yeah. In fact, we just celebrated our 36th Burniversary, yes, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yes, so we did. So why don't you tell our listeners what the Burniversary is, honey? Well, yes, 36 years have flown by so quickly. <laughs> and the Burniversary, it, it's a it, really, look, I got a tremendous advantage over all the other husbands out there in the country <laughs> because our anniversary is on the 24th and the next day is your birthday. <laughs> so I get all year to plan for both. So it's not just an anniversary and a birthday. It's the anniversary, <laughs> And I'm virtually guaranteed not to forget. How could I? It was the greatest August in my life back in 85. So it's not just birthday, not just anniversary, the anniversary. Yes, indeed. You know, our wedding day was the day your dreams came true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do look at it that way. It's, I know. I mean, I was it. only, but I very much knew that you were the man for me. Okay. I mean, okay. I've always had complete faith in us. Honestly, though, seriously. <laughs> never you never are... been tested right to the edge? We've had some edge moments, folks. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that's what brings delight and, and, and <laughs> well, adventure yeah. and joy and excitement. Yeah. As long as there's a way back from that edge. <laughs> no, but honestly, yeah, yeah, because you had such a strong faith in God. And, you know, mm. listen, when we met, uh, we met on a blind date just for people that don't really know us or haven't heard. Yeah. We met on a blind date in Texas. Thank you were God doing... she was blind that, mo- that evening. <laughs> <laughs> we did a double date. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's right, and that's and right. I learned uh, what you were there for because you started out to be pre-med and then you changed uh, your vocation yeah. to, yeah, you went to seminary. And, and I actually to... admitted it that. And she said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm studying to, I, I said, I'm a vicar. And she said, what's that? And I said, I'm studying to be a pastor. And I thought that was going to be the, hey, it's been great to meet you. <laughs> Looking forward someday to. But I didn't. I inquired further. <laughs> no, and you actually thought that was cool. Yeah, I really did. Because a beautiful I... woman who thinks this is cool. Well, listen, someone who's going to commit 
commit their whole life to serving God and serving his people. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible to me. But that can be a challenge in, in marriage, too. And we'll talk a little bit about Absolutely that. Absolutely, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, so, but I knew from that moment when we talked and I heard, uh, you know, what your values were and where mm. your faith was, that you were the man for me. So the anniversary is why I really wanted to talk about marriage today. Okay. You know, and why it's important to the individual, to the family, to society, and to culture. Yeah, well, I've got to tell you, you know, the when you think about what the Bible says about marriage, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of taken off there, um, it is supposed to be that place where, you know, we get to really practice and learn the extent of what love really is. Um, it's the most fundamental relationship of all relationships. Mm-hmm. I just think, you go back to Genesis 1 and where it says, it's not good for a man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And yet our society wants us all to kind of just be alone and do our own thing. It's mm-hmm. really not good for us, not good for men, it's not good for women. So I, I just love the teaching, leave and cleave, the man will leave and cleave and the two will become one flesh. And mm-hmm. so when, what, again, what I mean by believers out there, really what marriage is, is this great relationship to start practicing mm-hmm. what you've received from God, his mercy, his love, his, his truth, and you get to practice with, it with somebody each and every day. So, you know, when I, I look at that, and, and it's always amazing to me, too, that the Bible actually parallels the marriage relationship with Christ's relationship to the church. And so there's so much to talk about today if you want to jump into all that. But I know you've seen this at work in the lives of couples through your practice as a psychologist, right? Absolutely. I mean, you get to practice it here, right? Your mm-hmm. your faith relationship with Christ. You get to practice it, put it in action. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I know that as I've gotten older and more experienced, I appreciate and see you know, that God is telling us how to live and how to have a more fulfilled, purposeful life through marriage. I I mean, psychologically and emotionally, marriage provides us a a, a very good foundation to build on. Our marriage verse, you know, yours and mine uh, was Ecclesiastics 4.12. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the Bible well, thanks tells for reminding us. me that. Yeah, so but here we go, because I'm going to ask you to talk about it. So you better <laughs> oh, okay. start preparing. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, in this in this verse, you know, mm-hmm. though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Mm-hmm. And this is talking about not, you know, just not the three strands, but how they're woven, right? Right. And so as a clinician, I know that, you know, research shows that people function better when they have a stability in their relationship and have faith in a higher power. A good marriage affords us the ability to face life's challenges, take more risks, and we rebound faster and stronger from the valleys of life when we have that. Yeah, and when you have, and, and then when you have a faith, not just in a higher power, but in a faith in that higher power who literally came to serve you and lived your life, died your death to to give you his life as a gift. Oh man, and you want to talk about how that strengthens the two relationships. So, you know, look, while we were, you know, we were in love 36 years ago. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no doubt about that. Yeah, those days are gone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's the end of our show. Thanks for joining us today. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, I got in trouble for saying what I'm going to say now to back in the first day. But, you know, marriage teaches us that the fullness, the depth, and the real meaning of love is something we're not going to really fully understand until we get older, until mm-hmm. we've gone through this with each other. So, you know, I don't even, even though we were in love, there's no mm-hmm. doubt, I don't think we really knew um, the depth of what God's love and what love even really was even 36 years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I know we didn't. And like so no. many, we were married for love and companionship. And we really even hadn't thought through what all that means too. Mm-hmm. So I got a question for you then. So if mm-hmm. you could go back in time, and I know you always want to do I this. Do. I do. I don't always want to do this. That's another thing we've learned in marriage. Uh, uh, if you could go back in time, what would you tell young Marie mm-hmm. about marriage that you wished she would have known? Hmm. That's a good question. 
I thought um, so. That's why I asked you. <laughs> it's kind of a fun question, too. <laughs> uh, you know what? Well, first, I would high-five her, and I would tell okay. her. Yeah, no, I would high-five her and tell her that she was right, that choosing a good partner is serious business. And that, in uh, you know, in addition to finding her partner physically appealing, mm -hmm. that character, faith, and values matter much, much more. Well, I do appreciate that first thing you said. <laughs> well, listen, we're human, right? So we size up you right. know, first with our eyes. So we do do that. And that's, you know, you can't find she, your, your partner offensive to look at. Well, she heard I was a basketball player yeah. on this date. And she <laughs> when she came to the door, she was looking at the 6'6 six, six level. Yeah, it was. And I? then she looked down at my level, which is <laughs> close to six foot. Um, I said, I can jump. <laughs> and you really could. It was amazing how you could do that. Yeah. But, you know, so I would tell her, you know, she was right to look further, be, to look beyond, okay. right, just yeah. the looks. Because that that's really thing. important. I mean, listen, uh, gigolos and players are, are <laughs> no, listen, they're physically appealing. They have chemistry, you right. know, and, and, and. And people fall for it. Of course, you're not a fool because you fall for it, but you got to look beyond that. Yeah, you do. You really do. It's really, really important because charisma can only go, get you so far. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I would tell her that even then, having put all those things in, in place, you know, marriage will still take hard work. It will always take work. Mm -hmm. And that she will not always feel like she likes her spouse. <laughs> 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 but my, that, I've learned that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've even you've even taught me this, you know. I but know, that working through things together, you know, grows people together towards an amazing partnership that you can rely on together and celebrate together and cry together and go through things together. Mm -hmm. And I would tell her she's absolutely right. Marriage is so worth the effort and the commitment. And a lot of people aren't doing that; they're not jumping in today. Yeah, and they don't think of it that way. Um, okay, then. So, uh, what would you say is the best thing? about our life together. We already found out that you don't always like me, which is troublesome. And by the way, you can see a therapist for that and maybe you could see yourself. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> but I would say, honestly, I think the best thing uh, about is that we trust. I think we trust each other. Mm -hmm. We believe that each other has, uh, you know, our best interests at heart and, and all things. I mean, mm -hmm. I've followed you across the country several times in your work, mm -hmm. sometimes kicking and screaming in protest, right? I remember right? those days. But, you know, truly knowing that the decisions you make are prayerfully made and unselfishly made. I, I mean, it's no small matter, seriously, people, to be able to uh, take leaps of faith into your spouse. Oh, I like that. Yeah, into your spouse. Because that, well, again, you live your life in to the other person is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've shared this with many potential grooms in counseling. Your job is to make sure your, your wife, your children know that your career decisions mm -hmm. are being made uh, to be the best for your family first and foremost. And, and you've got to keep earning that that trust. I agree. Yeah. Anything anything else? Yeah. And I would add that, you know, I've not only supported you, but you've very, very much supported me in my pursuits mm -hmm. and during times of challenges. I mean, we, our family, are, you know, all willingly sacrifice for one another. Right. I know 100% that my faith in Christ has grown because of my relationship with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm grateful for that. I appreciate that. that. But it's part of being a, a good husband. And so, you know, I appreciate how we figure things out together and work towards solutions when needed and how you point me to God's word whenever I'm struggling or doubting. I mean, therapists struggle too, people, believe me. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, now it's your turn to answer that question. Oh, what I was actually enjoying this. I yeah. <laughs> keep talking. You know? I know. Well, no, no, I uh, I know now what what you would say is the best thing about our life together. Well, you know, I, I too would say woohoo, Gregorio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I've said this many times. You've you've married above your station, and uh, you know, um, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that a lot. Mm. Um, but I, I will say this, you know, and I and I, I shared this with you. I think this anniversary, 
you you always expanded my horizons. You you know, even in the ministry, you you, you were like, why don't we try the difficult things? Why don't we, why don't we try to get outside of the box? Why mm-hmm. don't we try to look for different ways? So you opened me up to uh, new opportunities, even new friends. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you never let us sit still in our relationship, and that was always a great thing for me because it stretched me. It it helped me see things in different ways. Mm-hmm. But I would have to say to a young Greg, remember to do the work mm-hmm. uh, of putting your wife and your family first in your life. So, look, I knew what the Bible taught, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd already been teaching that. But, um, you know, I, I knew what commitments were ahead for us. But love needs to be attended to every day. And as a young man, you don't think that way yet. You, mm-hmm. know, you, you think that's work. Well, it's not really work. It's the kind of work that comes to fruition in beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I've gotten older, I've seen the power, you know, the power of, of attending to that. In fact, I'll use a, <laughs> a, a physical metaphor since I'm struggling a little bit with getting back in shape right now. As am I. I did not like to stretch back when I was young. Mm-hmm. I thought it was foolish. I could come. In fact, I used to brag that I could just give me the basketball, walk on the court, and I was ready to play. Mm-hmm. Well, now I realize that you, if you keep living your life that way, your muscles continue to tighten, continue to tighten, where it gets tough to get out of the chair if you don't watch yourself. And I'm going through now stretching back out things that if I would have been stretching and attending to them all along, mm-hmm. I would still be able to perform at, at levels that I wish to. And I think there's a certain amount of that that you forget. So, mm-hmm. uh, And I love what you, you reminded us that our, our wedding verse was, uh, though that, you know, one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but then it says a cord of three. One may, uh, Two, yeah, no, one may be overpowered. Right, one may, two can defend, yeah. and then a court of three strands, but it adds mm-hmm. that third element, and that's that faith element, you know, mm-hmm. so it's God, the groom, the bride. And I just think about, you know, when you think of like a rope um, when you're water skiing, you know, it's one of those ropes mm-hmm. that kind of expands. Mm-hmm. And the the tighter you pull it, the stronger it gets. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that three-strand kind of capacity, faith, your faith in God, and then your love for each other. It is a dynamic, dynamic thing. It's yeah, great. That's a good. That's a good uh, example. Okay, so so speaking of not easily broken, what is the most challenging thing about being married? And notice how I asked her first. <laughs> <laughs> the most challenging thing, okay, about okay. being married or being married to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know you thought about it generically. <laughs> Are we having second thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, I'm a therapist. <laughs> Um, I would say the most challenging thing for me is restraining myself and pointing out how wrong you always are because I'm always right. <laughs> Man, I think this is a universal experience, so I can help you here. <laughs> no. no, seriously. After this many years, I know you pretty well. And I mean, I, we know yeah, each other pretty well. I think I you're think. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's really anything that's been that's really challenging per se. I'll say that early on in the first 10 years of our marriage, we were still trying to figure out one another. And that that that's tough because mm-hmm. we, you know, we have different ways of doing things, right? Right. And uh, we had expectations of one another that we were, you know, not aware of. I probably had more expectations of you than you had of me. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm being honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in truth, you know, I'm pretty sure I did. I mean, the most challenging thing was choosing, I think, uh, what school or schools our daughter would attend when when we moved. Yeah. I mean, that was and still is today a big decision for parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I didn't always agree about that, but I chose to let you have the final say as the head of our family. Mm-hmm. I mean, twice it wasn't the best fit for our daughter, but God had us and things turned out okay. I and mean, there was growth during those times, I think you'd agree, right? I mean, yeah. what's been challenging for you? Well, along those same lines, I, I just think, you know, when you get into these kind of decisions, um, I had to learn that my instincts were not always right, you know? And again, when you're trying to love someone who is different than you, and mm-hmm. that's what 
That's really the joy of marriage. Wives and husbands, we are not the same. No, and, we're not. And you have to learn not that. Not at you're... all. <laughs> <laughs> she has so little work to do, folks. I mean, really. it's it. But along those, I mean, my instincts in sports or in competition, but here's the one that really was hard for me. Okay. Instincts even in my calling as a pastor mm-hmm. were not always good for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, or for our relationship. So marriage really is, a, is special because... You know, you're committing yourself to love another who is made for you, but is truly different from you. Mm-hmm. And there were times, you know, as a husband and father, uh, that I need to actually learn what that meant mm-hmm. because my instincts were not correct. They were, you know, mm-hmm. how I would have done it for someone else, mm-hmm. which you know I think would have been the right thing to do, may not have been the right thing to do for my wife or for my daughter mm-hmm. because there's a personal relationship there mm-hmm. that exists. So you know, I, I think as you grow older, you you begin to realize these aren't these aren't they're challenges. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it, but they really become opportunities to to learn again the depth of love mm-hmm. and what that really means. Mm. Well, thank you for that. Even I mean, you've never said any of this before, and oh. it's like mm, I kind of have a little well, that... thing in my heart. So. <laughs> I hope but, it's yeah. a, you have a big thing in your heart too. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I bet there are a lot of people out there who've experienced similar challenges, and maybe mm-hmm. they're thinking um, they're too hard to meet, uh, too much work to do. I mean, for example, we've seen that you know marriage rates in the United States have been declining in recent yeah. years. This is really troublesome to me. Um, it seems like know, people are, f- are falling out of love with marriage, and that's a bad thing. Yeah, people don't want to get married anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just don't. They shack up, and mm. they have kids, you know, multiple kids sometimes, and then they break up, and then they get back together. And, I mean, so much instability. But, you know, according to the data from the National Center for Health Statistics, uh, national marriage rates have decreased from 2017 to 2019 to the lowest recorded so far. Right. I mean, this is terrible. Right. I mean, long-lasting marriages are becoming more and more rare. And... um. We've all witnessed the breakdown, and I'm going to even say this, uh, the word attack towards a traditional family. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's very true. I mean, where the father's the head of the household, I mean, people are just, it's awful the opinions that people have about that. I mean, many activist groups and now the educational systems are involved and publicly decry that females living in male father-headed households are being subjugated or they're weak or for allowing themselves to live under tyranny. Mm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we should be teaching what does it mean to be a healthy father. I mean, mm. there's abusive stuff out there, but Absolutely healthy father, there is. healthy mother, healthy child. Yeah. It is ridiculous because marriage has always been the foundation for a healthy society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and this goes beyond the Westernization of marriage. I mean, th- it's good for men, it's good for women, it's the best for the children, and it's more than a relationship. I guess that's what ir- irks me today. It is, there are other relationships. Sure. This is an institution. Sure. It's the trinity of civility for human flourishing. So, you know, father, mother, child. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and you go all the way, it, this goes back thousands of years, mm-hmm. and it's in virtually every culture mm-hmm. out, out there that's stable, if you will. Mm-hmm. So if your family's strong, men are happier, women are happier, children have a real chance of making it in the world. This is not just biblical, um, and I don't like to say that we're just biblical, um, because actually I think that, that gives us its power, but it's practical. It works if we do the work. Yeah, if we do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting to me that so many people don't understand what that means or miss understand what the man as the head of the household means. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really comes down to trust. It, I mean, seriously, I'm saying this as a clinician. It comes down to trust. A woman either trusts her partner 
to care for her heart in all ways and to provide for her safety and financial security, to treat her gently and appreciatively, and to encourage her to pursue her purpose and dreams, or she doesn't. And the man either trusts that his partner will honor and respect him and contribute to their union through bearing children or creating a loving, orderly home or working outside the home to support their lifestyle, or he doesn't. I mean, if either of them questions any of these things, they shouldn't get married or at least get some premarital counseling before they do. Yeah. And the fact is, is we should be yearning to get married and then we should be yearning to get married for the right reasons. I think that's that's what you're saying. So, you know, I I agree with you. People don't even understand, like you talked about the head of the household stuff. You know, in the Bible, the word head means the ultimate servant. So Mm -hmm. just this idea that it's tyranny and dictator, uh, stop watching, uh, you know, caricatures of 1950s movies or whatever, because that's not we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the biblical notion of head being the ultimate servant, the That's one who's right. accountable. Like for Christ the, is. Right. Christ is accountable for the church, and he lays his life down for the church, and the church honors that, that leadership. Well, that's supposed to be a model for what the husband does for the wife and for the children. So- this, I always tell people, you know, guys, uh, if you're out there and you really want to know what it means to be the head of the household, that's the greater submission mm-hmm. because it submits to God and to the family. Mm-hmm. And and the it's wife not a is, macho kind yeah. of thing. Well, it, it's a strength. I got to be careful. It's a strength. Yeah. That's right. Because it, I, I'm all about masculinity, right. like healthy masculinity. I, so I, I would say that the problem today is that we're producing what I call machismos or people who don't have a backbone. Mm-hmm. What we need is strength. That's right. That serves. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Um, And that's why I want to say loud and clear, okay, the 50-50 concept that's floating (laughs) around today, it's complete and utter fallacy. I mean, it's sheer nonsense. It doesn't work, people. There's no such thing as 50-50. So, you know, two uniting as one, the way scripture states, with a husband as the head of the household provides the more stable, long-lasting, more fulfilling relationship for everybody. I mean, that is why it's so important that a woman choose well. Mm-hmm. Uh, choosing a partner is about more than chemistry, okay, people? This mm-hmm. is this type of uh, relationship invites a partnership where the woman will feel safe, she can feel valued, secure, and loved. And in turn, she will respect her husband and trust him to take care of her and the children when things get bumpy. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, the groom, the husband represents Christ. And and again, you know, guys, th- there's, there's multiple ways you can concretize that. So, you know, women don't have to be cookie (laughs) cutter. Concretize. Make it concrete. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, you know, this doesn't mean that every woman becomes the same or every man becomes the same. of course not. It's that the man says, what is the woman God gave me? And the woman says, what's the man God gave me? How do I make them the best that they can be? And And we want to be the best for ourselves and for them. Right. So, uh, you know, I think you're right. Representing Christ's love, I'm always reminded about that in the Bible. It says the wife is to respect the husband and the husband is to agape self-sacrificially love his wife. Mm -hmm. If you notice that, it doesn't tell the wife to love her husband. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't. Really what it's saying is- to like you. And it doesn't really tell the the husband to respect so much. But really what it's saying is each one has primary needs. The, 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 the husband obviously loves the wife and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the, or respects the wife and the wife loves her sure, husband. But, that's but the point. husband needs her respect first. That's right. And the love is secondary or is penultimate to that. And same thing. So God actually fashions us mm-hmm. uh, to, to need different things from each other. That's what we have to learn. So I, I think about what you just said. It's not a 50-50 thing. It's I love not. that because, that, I mean, if you've ever played in sports again, the, the last thing you want to hear from someone who's got a role to play is, 
well, I'm only going to do 50% of what I'm supposed to do here. You go, no, no, that's your job. That's your role. You do it You do it with all your effort, all your work, because all together we got to be doing 100 I mean, What if you have a player that's lamed up? Oh, well, I'm only giving 50%. Yeah, I'm only going to block 50%. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to block another 50 for me. You know, it's so, you know, it, when we talk about this, um, this, this sacrificial love that both the woman then, you know, aspires to get to her husband through honoring him and the man gives to the wife and the family through being the self-sacrificing one. Wow. You know, what we're really saying, folks, is that's faith in action Mm -hmm. because you're really trusting that Christ has your back in all things. And Mm -hmm. so you're saying, what would Jesus do for my spouse, my child? And then you do that, Mm -hmm. even if it's not the best for you, but it's the best for them. Mm -hmm. And then it ultimately becomes the best in the end for you, too. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when a good Christian biblical marriage is modeled in the family and in society, uh, children develop healthier physically, cognitively, emotionally, ethically, Mm -hmm. and socially because they have consistency and stability. This is something that I'm telling you as a clinician. When children know their foundation is firm, they do better in school. They make better choices in friends. They miss less school days. And this is due to the way the parents stabilize the home, the way they work things out together, the way they lean into their faith and connect with God each day. This blesses their children. It does. Listen, I'm a better mother and counselor because of you and the headship, the commitment to serving us the way Christ dictates um, commitment that you provide from our family. There's no doubt about that. Why, thank you, dear. Uh, can I get that on tape? <laughs> Actually, it is on tape. Good. I've got that. Um, I'll, I'll say it once. I probably will never say it again, so cherish it. <laughs> this is being beamed out to many. Uh, but, you know, I, I got to also say, because through our marriage, too, you know, you've, you've put our needs, Devin's needs, as first and foremost. And, you know, I know that that's sometimes been very, very hard. And sometimes that's that's been challenging for mm-hmm. your life, um, but that continues to make me a better man. And and I guess my prayer is to keep trying to strive to give you the opportunities that you've also given me. So I know there's you know the, the folks listen, man. There's selfish temptations to the contrary. I think one of the things about being in love with somebody is you're going to come to a point in, in the life as you get older where you realize there's some things they can't overcome. Mm-hmm. You know because they're they're just certain brokenness we all have. Mm-hmm. I think that's even when love gets really hard because you're like, well, why can't you change that? Why mm-hmm. can't you stop that? And the reality is, no, that's when you say, honey, I'm I'm here mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm never going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hard because that's when most people today say it's time for me to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, absolutely. And we're saying, look, we, we know what that's like, but we're saying that's when you actually begin to really see what love is about. So I think that's why I'm blessed to have a wife who looks to God than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I look better that way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, <laughs> you're so funny. No, I mean, that's great. Thank you. Um, so in addition, you know, to what I said about being a good father, husband, headship, and how that blesses the children and the family, I mean, society is blessed as well because we know, okay, we know this people that healthy, strong families tend not to rely on society to care for their basic needs for the long haul. And and that's not just us saying it. That's the data out there. Many of our modern problems are due to the breakdown of family. I mean, all the indicators are out there. It's not even close. Yeah. I mean, look, there are times when, when families may temporarily need assistance, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. We all have ups and downs in life, right? That's mm-hmm. why public uh, assistance exists. But today we see, for and for quite some time now, I mean, we've seen larger numbers of people tending to rely on public assistance for life 
to right. raise their children. Right. I mean, this happens more frequently when there, you know, there's no father in the home or when there are multiple fathers that are not in the home. I mean, it's time for men to be godly gentlemen and women to be godly ladies mm -hmm. and take their roles seriously. Yeah. I mean, especially when you become a parent. Yeah, you need it and your kids need it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a financial drain on society to support children and families for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. I mean, children who grew up in these environments see this way of life modeled and then they tend to repeat the behavior. I mean, parenting styles are broken and are inconsistent in this, these type of homes. I mean, children tend to perform poorly academically in school, and or they tend not to complete high school, or they don't seek higher uh, learning degrees whenever they get out of school. And so they're not, unable to support themselves and earn any kind of good income. Mm -hmm. So they just repeat the whole process again and again and again. I mean, again, these are facts, people. This is not my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm not attacking no, anyone here. Yeah. yeah, I'm not attacking anyone here. Not at all. I'm simply sharing how important it is to follow God's directives and his teachings about marriage and what a mess we make when we alter them to our own liking. Yeah, there's a moral agency, and you can't be a human being if you kind of give your moral agency away to somebody. You know, when you talk about even financial drain, that sounds so um, harsh, but it. But when you think about that, uh, if it worked, okay, I think we'd be willing to sacrifice whatever. But it doesn't because once you don't take moral agency for your own life, mm -hmm. you can all the money in the world won't change it, right? Mm -hmm. And again, fathers, look, you're you're more than mere providers too. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just that removing fathers is terrible because of that, um, but we're to be the spiritual leaders in our home. We're supposed to model strength and care for our family, and our wives need to know that we can be counted on when they feel vulnerable to the world in which we live in. Mm -hmm. Our children, they need to know they're safe, and they need to know when they transgress that there's someone that's willing to, to discipline there, to help them grow up, to be virtuous people because yeah. they're in our care. Uh, dads, your sons need you to model it and prevent Absolutely. the, I call this the inevitable testing of the boundaries by your testosterone laden sons. <laughs> and daughters need to see how you love your wife so they can look for a man like that in their life. And all this, like you say, goes back to trusting God's direction for all this about what it means to be a man, a woman, spouse, children. And, and you know, again, like I said, we're not trying to sugarcoat this, but Oh, I, or not. <laughs> yeah, I just say, yeah, I, I just say there's no greater joy than playing the game of life for all it's worth on God's terms. You know, and I have to say, I want to expand a little bit on what you said about the father's role um, and, and disciplining the children and, and setting those boundaries, right? Those hard, those hard boundaries. Right. And because that's so important. And what happens a lot of times when the fathers are not in the home, um, you know, then we start suppressing the natural tendencies of men. And when testosterone starts hitting during their adolescence, we shame them right. and we start feminizing them. And and that's not a good thing. We do not also, we're watching the boy, uh, the fathers modeling this behavior of just being bigger boys without any responsibility, wearing bigger pants. Right. And that isn't good. <laughs> right. That or, isn't good for society. Or they, as boys often do too, is they rebel against that and become the the dominators. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, I think both of those are- And that's not good. And that, neither one of those is good, right? No. And so let me talk about, about a little bit about the distinct role of a mother and yeah. the joy that comes with that. Whenever a woman gives birth, her whole um, eyesight, her viewpoint changes. Mm -hmm. There are things matter that didn't matter. I before. saw that in you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Things happen. Well, listen, when, before I, I had a, a child, before I became a mother, uh -huh. you know, I saw things more from you know my viewpoint, right, and mm -hmm. everything that I valued. Mm -hmm. I didn't pay attention to things that weren't meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. But after, I'm seriously, as soon as you give birth. Your eyes are open completely different. You, the world is different now. Mm -hmm. Things matter. 
so much more. And so, you know, there's a joy, there's a privilege to being a mother. There's a privilege into uh, the, the what you model and the way that you uh, force yourself to be, st- uh, you know, consistent and reliable and uh, comforting to your children, even when you don't feel like it, because, right. you know, you have this uh, a privileged role. And so, you know, modeling that kind of strength for your children about being a strong mother while being a nurturing mother is really, really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I see, I think, and I always say this, it's one of the reasons a man has to step up to be the head of the house because the woman becomes more vulnerable mm-hmm. once she has a child. Mm-hmm. She's vulnerable emotionally. She's vulnerable now because there's this child that was that grew within her, all mm-hmm. those kind of things. And the man has to say, wait a minute, man, I got, I've got to make sure that my family can mm-hmm. count on all of these things. So, you know, Look, I, I love that we've, our marriage has been one where we've faced all kinds of things because we've lived in incredibly different places, you know, from New York to Los Angeles, not mm-hmm. back St. Louis to D.C., all these different things. Mm-hmm. We've uh, done different kinds of ministry together. You know, one of the joys uh, of having you, again, like I said, be my wife is that you you pushed me and challenged me. I don't think I would have ever done some of the things I did. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes I, I may have chosen things that I wouldn't have chosen either mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't want me to choose either. <laughs> you know, but I said, you made me do it. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> See, the Adam. I mean, she's the, the kind Adam of, comes out she, She's you. the kind of person. Made me yeah, eat that I, apple. You gave me that apple. <laughs> you know, she, she's the kind of person who jumps out of airplanes. I mean, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'd rather be fast on the ground. But, you know, when you talk about expanding horizons, take, helping me to take better risks, but then I still took those risks for us, you know, mm-hmm. and then having to own up to those responsibilities if I didn't mm. do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you pushed me out of my comfort zone. And and again, even that was with my own work in the church, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I there's things I've chosen to do in my pastoral ministry I never would have chosen if I would have married someone else. Mm-hmm. And so You've I look very back. very unconventional. Kind yeah, of, very unconventional. Yeah. And, and I don't, I look back and say, I would have never done any other way. But a lot of it has to do with because of my partner. Oh. who I chose. So, you know, that that's one of the things I look back on on a anniversary day and, <laughs> and reflect with joy. And so I have to ask you, uh, oh. what is the joy that you have? Because I'm your husband. Oh, okay. Another personal <laughs> question. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, the joy, seriously, like I said, I, in addition to, you know, you're, you're directing me, you know, to to look to Christ in all things, not just to go by what I'm feeling, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. or what my vision is, because sometimes my perspective and vision can get narrowed depending on the challenges, mm-hmm. you know. And so you you help me to to look through God's eyes and to look to God. So I mean, that help, makes me a better counselor. It makes me a better mother. It makes me a better friend. It makes me a better spouse, right? <laughs> No, bet much better spouse because of that. I mean, there's great joy in choosing the right person, and even whenever we're imperfect, we're always imperfect. We right. don't, we, you know. I think not looking to your spouse to fulfill you, right? Yeah. Because well, you, just, you look to God for that fulfillment, right. and then you look to your spouse to learn how to love. That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, you well, know, you said it. I love what you said. Love into them. That's right. And that well, but that everyone else kind of thinks of it. No, I want to marry someone who actually completes me or whatever. No, Christ completes you. Mm-hmm. And and then you get to experience and exercise his love for them. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different way to look at, mm-hmm. at marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you learn it first and then you can apply it. You know, this just sounds like we could, we could talk about the principles uh, of a healthy marriage. I know we well, can't do, do that, that today. Ne- no, let's do that next time. Though. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I let's mean, do it like a little series of yeah, the principles. Little, I, I think that would be great because- Part two. Part, we'll say part two. Part two. And then I've got series. a third one, part three. How about 
the the politicization of marriage in our culture. Oh, so okay. we could talk about the personal ones. So if you come with us next week, we'll talk about about that. I think it'd be great to flesh some of these things out and apply mm-hmm. it um, to our our listeners. But I think the politicization too. I mean, what's going on with marriage? I mean, why is our society at war with it? And is that mm-hmm. a good thing or a bad thing? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think of something like that? I think that would be great. I think it would be really good. Let's talk about the principles for a healthy, happy marriage because I'm gonna have great data on that. Okay. Uh, to share with everybody. Uh, and I would love to do that because, as you know, in my work, uh, one of my primary um, populations that I enjoy working with are couples and trying right. to keep them together and building strong relationships. Well, we need that. We really, really do. And having a strong male head of the household uh, lead the family, develop strong families, right. you know, and women feel supported to pursue what, what the best that they can be for the families, too, in that kind of a household. So I really I would love to talk about that. Yeah, you know, strong, by the way, what she said, strong uh, husbands make strong, even stronger women. Absolutely. So because then they have the ability to, to jump off the, yeah. the, you know, the platform of their, exactly. their vocation and their unique ability. Yeah, it's not the opposite of what we people tell you. Well, and it's I would not. love to sink uh, my teeth into that that other program, too, because so much of my work um, is in, in D.C. is actually mm-hmm. why is the family, you know, being attacked in policy? Why are sure. we actually running away from this thing? Because when I look at what's going on, a lot of our issues are because of the demise of the family. So, well, that'd you know, be great. Yeah, you're, so right, vir- you're right in that. Yeah. So virtually all the solutions that we're doing right now are Band-Aids because we're not still talking about moms and dads committed to loving each other, disciplining, raising their children. Sure. So, so how about the third one? We, we jump into that. OK, so we will have a serious thing. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary! (laughs) Let's do it, okay? Okay, okay. All right. And until next time, little embers, remember there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See See you you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. FamilyVisionMedia.org